This is the story of a podcast that takes weird news from across the world. And while many of these stories may seem fake, they're absolutely not. Because they're real. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Water Cooler Talk. Johnny Depp's least favorite podcast out of all the podcasts in the world. Sam, it is a tough pill to swallow. He DM'd me on Twitter. He said, go F yourself. This sucks. Stop. And it was just, it was just a rough, it was just a no. rough Monday for me. That's what this has all been about, right? Meeting, just de- meeting trying Johnny to prove Depp. Johnny Depp that I'm a sub-bunny. Uh, regardless of that <laughs> fact, today we are joined by Sam Ligurski for the second time, but officially the first time. Host of Off the Record at Radio K every Friday at 4.30pm mm-hmm. and the full ensemble of the band Walsh, who just released his third part of his four-part album series on his website, callmewalsh.com. That's, Sam, welcome right. to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here to make to it be official. <laughs> the first time for, I don't know why people would know, I never released anything, but the first no. time we recorded, we had some audio issues. Do you actually remember we recorded twice? I know, I Because like that. the mics kept having issues the first time, yep. and then we recorded again, we restarted, recorded yep. again, and then I went home and the audio just sucked balls, and I was like, well, I can't release this. I'm glad we're, it's, yeah, it's taking a little time, but I'm glad I'm back. Here. Yeah, back in more of a professional setting, mm-hmm. better mics, more of a podcast feel to it. Definitely, I do feel more. Yeah, it does. Yeah, the I, the the situation is great. The 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 room that we're in is wonderful feel like you can it. talk more about crazy news stories in a more comfortable setting. Yes, bring it. Yeah, bring it on. <laughs> bring it on. Uh, and for those of you who may be new to the program, Water Cooler Talk is about connecting the world in conversation by taking the strangest, the weirdest, the quirkiest, most bizarre, and most unbelievable real life news stories and opening up a discussion about some of the ideas presented in those articles. If you want to share a strange and interesting local news story yourself, comment your thoughts on one of today's stories or stare off into the distance while listening to Sam's song, Up So Wound, from Sam's three-fourth project. I listened to that song and I listened to the whole album. It's a very good album, but I listened to that song uh-huh. and I just immediately immediately imagined myself sitting in front of like a big window yeah. while it's raining and just crying about something. <laughs> I don't know. That was the first image that came that, to my head when that song that's came on. That's very interesting. That So if you're listening, go take a listen to this. This is an unofficial demo thing, basically writing as much as I can before I put out something official. So this album is very uncohesive, three-fourths and I knew that going into it that it was going to be like that. Overarching, when you kind of look at one-fourth, one-half, and three-fourths, it all makes sense, but three-fourths is just a mess, and four-fourths really tie it all together. That song specifically is the weirdest song on the album. I think that's why I liked it. It started off much different. It started off like a Sonic Youth, like much harder song, uh, just because the lyrics are just incredibly um, <laughs> passive aggressive. And uh, yeah, yeah, it goes, uh, you know, up so wound, left out to dry, never knew why you had to lie or whatever. And so it's just about, uh, I don't know, I'll let you think about that at home. But yeah, that, you guys can listen. Uh, and, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but if you want to be listening to that song and ponder why Johnny Depp hates all of us so much, he doesn't mm-hmm. just hate me, he hates all of my listeners as well, Sam. Uh, you can do so by emailing us at watercoolertalkpod at gmail.com or connecting with us on Twitter at watercoolertalk, talk spelled T 
L K. All right, Sam, are you ready to jump into yes. some of the most interesting, some of the most strangest news story our world has to offer? Yeah, hit me. Amazon reportedly killed an AI recruitment system because it couldn't stop the tool from discriminating against women. This is from Fortune.com. After spending years working on a system for automating the recruitment process, Amazon has killed their project because the system favored men over women. The AI-powered system was given a decade's worth of resumes from those who have applied to jobs at Amazon previously, and after collecting the data, Amazon's system taught itself to downgrade resumes with the word women in them, and as well to assign lower scores to graduates of women-only colleges, while ranking higher words such as executed and captured, which were more often to be found in the resume of a man. The Amazon team attempted to fix the system's bias, but were unable to stop it from finding new ways to discriminate against female <laughs> candidates. Sam, should women be afraid of the future of technology? The future of the, I mean, if men are the ones coding it, I guess. Yeah, right. One thing that weird struck me in that story was that they'd been spending years on this with such a big discriminatory issue how did they not like three months in yo the the ai's been weird today like it's it's been really weird getting a lot of weird people coming out (laughs) yeah right like three years i think was the total time Mm -hmm. thing for that thing three years down the drain some guy sitting in a cubicle typing away and it's the project is just gone all because he couldn't like solve it or whatever I don't know fix it well and I think and when most people look at this it's not that this like machine is against women no it's just the data that's been inputted into this machine Mm -hmm. is biased against women yeah so they because the tech field is so dominated by men they just received less of them but then you'd like I mean the thing is that I don't know anything about programming AI and so like oh shoot that's why I invited you on I thought you knew everything no 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 that's my uh, my roommate right no (laughs) I know nothing about that. And so for me, it's like, we'll just make it do this. But I don't know how that works, like how simple that would be to go in and fix the code. It's a very interesting thing. I'm glad that they scrapped it, obviously. Uh, I'm glad that they never used it. I feel like a lot of times when we hear about something like this, it's like, oh, yeah, Amazon's been been doing this for three years now and like like implementing it for three years. And now we're finally stopping it, you know, where it's like now we like, how did it get out? I guess if they never used it in the first place. But yeah, that's um, a good point. I, I think they were like yeah this has not been used they specifically Uh said this has not been used to hire anyone yeah and when it even goes to the hiring process i know a lot of the time when you're applying for jobs nowadays it's like you Mm -hmm. have to put your resume online um you have to like specifically enter your resume into an online form and one of the things a lot of people mentioned about this machine it was like very reactive to buzzwords so like buzzwords like what were the two buzzwords that mentioned executed and captured and i think that's a legitimate problem when it comes to like mm-hmm. people's resumes and doing more of a computer trying to find a candidate for a job opening yeah because it's like the resumes with good buzzwords are going to be put at the top of the pile before somebody who yeah. may have the proper experience would i mean in a, in a resume every word is real estate you know what i mean you're just competing for i mean at least with mine i guess i feel like I'd, uh, my resume is terrible i do not but i'm saying like you know i'd love to put all my like little side jobs or whatever out but it's like you keep it to a page that's it is 
is it really buzzwords or is it? I I don't know if that's the correct、uh, label for those for those. What words. would you label well, it? Well, I would just say that strategic words. Yeah,、or? something like that though, because it's not necessarily. Well, I guess they are sensationalizing whatever they're doing because it's like I captured the excitement of my former boss or something like that. When it's just like I have, I got the attention of my former boss or something like that. I don't know. I, and I think it puts more stress on people who are trying to find jobs. It's like、yeah. they have to have this perfectly constructed resume,、yeah. or else the computer won't choose me to even have an interview. Yeah. So then it's all fake, then, right? Because like I'd rather have people not use. Because I'm sure people are googling what's what are the top ten words to get me a job or whatever. You know, take like communication skills and then put executes communication skills good or whatever. But it's like if you team manager, or yeah, team player. Uh huh. Exactly. Right. But I mean. I don't know. I guess I'd rather have people be more honest and use a bigger vocabulary of words in their resume than this. But I guess that this the AI just this example just proves that even AI is biased. AI doesn't have a mind of its own. We've talked、uh, about this previously. I don't know.、Man. I don't think that we'll ever get to a point where an AI will have a completely sent- developed sentient. mind of its own. Yes,、yeah, sentient. sentient. I think、yeah. that they'll be close, but I think they're always they will always be influenced by their creator. The bias of the creator. So, yeah, like well, if you if you're making if you're an inventor, like say well, Elon Musk, and you make something, it's always going to have Elon Musk influence in it. Not if the the AI can learn on its own, because then if it can learn on its own, it can write its own code. But isn't that still being influenced by by the, by the base code by the because creator? Because it would, yeah, because its learning patterns. Because be you think about by... humans,、uh-huh. like I'm influenced by my parents who are、mm-hmm. influenced by their parents, and even going far back as the Start of man、sure. and woman. That original person, that original tribe. We all have influences from them, not a grand amount,、sure. but there's tiny little influences from those first people. Yeah, think so. Think, let, think, let's think about this. So, if your only two influences as a child growing up without, you know, we'll say in the '90s without internet, right? Like our, we were talking about connectivity a little bit earlier. If n- now kids are so connected, so their influences are coming from so many. Different places, right? So then, I, I would argue, as you're growing up, your influences are nowadays. Kids' influences are more varied because of the inf- more of the nature discussion. Yes, because of the inf- the massive amount of information that everybody has at their fingertips, right? If you were an AI and you just like were plugged into the internet, well, I that's don't know, and, I know? mean, you, you, we can use like Ultron from Age of Ultron with yeah, the Avengers. Yeah, no kidding. It's like once he plugged into the internet, he was like, "Wow, people are horrible people." Yeah, and I think that there's that. When people are fantastic people, yeah, but it's just that going to them plugging in old data from Amazon, where yeah, tech is yeah. a very male-dominated field,、mm-hmm. because、um, you think of like the boys' clubs of Google, Uber,、mm-hmm. um, Apple. Like you've、yeah. had all these stories come out, like they're a boys' club, yeah. And I think that's、um, really important. But when you get to Age of Ultron and Ultron, and my point is, like, if you're plugging something in with already pre-existing ideologies,、mm-hmm. that's System's gonna take those ideologies and basically say、yeah. this is everything. This is what I think the best solution is based off of all these pre-existing ideologies. But it may not be the right ideology. Yeah, I mean, also, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Taking that one step further, the every single thing that's on the internet, arguably, the person that put it put it on there has a bias. There you go. Right, there you right, go. Right, Even right, going further. Right yeah, right there. So, so there is truly no unbiased form of information unless you're the one viewing. It or thinking about it yourself, but that sentience, being able to form those thoughts, 
Well, that that's very interesting. Are you, are, are you afraid of, of AI? I am not. I am not either. Because of the fact that I don't think that they'll ever be sentient. I think huh. that, you know, if some horrible person, like a Hitler-type figure, wants to create a robot army, then I'll be afraid. Because I know <laughs> those robots will have bad intentions. Sure. But as far as, you know, as long as they're in the right hands, the creators have the right mind frame for them, I'm not I'm not worried. And I think the first time we met, we talked about robots in the workforce. And like oh, us the, being the, in the a field. Oh, the automation machine? Yeah, the, us the, being the in a field. We're in a creative machine. field, so why should I be afraid yeah. of somebody who can, a robot making a podcast? That that is very very true. What about you? Are you afraid of the future of technology and robots? <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm a little afraid of automated driving. To be honest with That's you, that's fair. I think that because that has because for me, I guess, and I think for a lot of people, when we think of AI, it's just text on a screen. But the second you attach like an arm or a leg to that screen, that's where it gets scary. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> it's like, what is this screen going to do? It's gonna, it's just running code. It's not going to do anything. Or whatever. This what's this computer going to do? Right. But like stepping into a you know two thousand pound metal box, and if we're all in these metal boxes that are all going straight or whatever, I don't know. I I can just see this. I'm just a little spooked like a black mirror situation where like some guy in Russia someone halfway across the world who's never met anybody just like hits a button and all of 35W just like yeah that's, cra- that's, cra- okay, that's interesting crashes yeah. into each other because because nobody's at the wheel you know I mean people already text so much right now I guarantee you from like the second the government's like yeah okay autom- automated cars people are, are gonna be taking naps. are legit no yeah I'll be learning how to play the guitar in, in the car or like and why wouldn't I you know if I have an hour commute I'm not gonna sit there with my hands on the and and the and I believe in automated driving, right? Say I did. What I, I do whatever I've seen it. But, but you know, I've been doing yoga. I'll be like, I don't know. I'll I don't be doing whatever, you know? Like Yeah, I've seen people like putting on makeup and yeah. eating like spaghetti yeah. while they're driving. While they're driving while already. They're driving yeah. that a manual car and it's just It's gonna take no time for us to lose all all security in physically driving. You know, I think definitely people yeah, so then that th- that'll happen and then there'll be one old timer still on the road. <laughs> like <laughs> Whoa, what's going on here? Everyone's doing yoga and learning yeah, how to yeah. play the guitar. No, once everybody crashes, the one oh, old yeah, guy yeah. in the 2008 Buick, right? Got it's it's it. going to be, yeah, in 2060, right? That's yeah. that's my hot take. Yeah, and the one thing, I mean, whenever I talk about technology and the future of technology on this podcast, I always mention, like, WALL-E. And, like, have you yes. seen WALL-E? I, that's probably my favorite Like, how people movie. are in, like, a chair and everything's mm-hmm. automated. And I very much, that's maybe where I fear technology in the future is people getting so dependent on it that it's yeah. Literally, our life and blood and everything is run by technology. Yeah, that's that's a little fearful for me, especially since I'm a person. I'm a creative person. I like adventure. Mm-hmm. I like doing my own thing. I like you know. I dropped out of college because I wanted to learn with my own two hands. I guess to be honest, that's the one fear I have about huh. technology in our future. I don't know. I don't know if we'll we'll go full Wally. You don't think we'll ever? I get don't. To that th- I don't think we'll ever get. No, because it's because I, I think humans are too narcissistic and arrogant. I think that we love to be like, oh, I'm thin. I can, you know, I'm running. Really? Yes, I do. I, I, I because That's interesting. Because I think that, you know, in the past 50, 60 years or whatever, working out has gone through so many different changes and phases. Like if you go back to the 50s and 60s, people were terrified of jogging for average for, for exercise I studied advertising campaigns as an advertising major and there are like a couple runners that like set the way for everybody else because they like had highlights and they were like no you can run every day your, your knee 
knees aren't going to fall off or whatever. And so it's gone from like, if you were skinny, it, it meant that you were poor, right? Because back in yeah, the like old kings days, of in- England yep. would be super fat. Yeah, because they didn't have to do any work. And now uh, we're at the point where if you're fat, you're seen as lower or whatever. People tend to think, I, I, I guess that's the perception or whatever. It's mm-hmm. like, come on, take care of your body. You know what I mean? And so it's it's kind of a luxury, to, but, but to be able to work out nowadays because everybody who can't work out is usually working you know two three jobs eating cheaper food calories are so cheap right now good food often has less calories and is more expensive like if you just wanted to eat vegetables and everything like lettuce is like nothing in that whatever artisanal cheese yes right <laughs> yeah artisanal cheeses right so i don't know i think we like looking down on people too much for us to get to wally because that would take a collective consensus yes that's for true everybody that's to true. be like now we're all gonna be fat but if there was one guy hauling ass in the gym then it would turn the whole everybody well, sometimes would be like, i see it where like people are i just watched the first man with ryan gosling today some people see ryan gosling and they're like oh man i would love to be like his jacked as Ryan Gosling and look as good as Ryan Gosling, but hmm. they don't. So I think that there's, I think it's definitely switched. I like that point you made about it switching um, the wealth and working out and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But I also think it's a point of people are always going to see these elite people that are way better than them and they're just going to realize I can never reach that level. Sure. So, I mean, we may get something like Wally, but it may just be like mm-hmm. a split kind of society. I'm trying, I'm trying to think about when on the on Earth in Wally, was everybody in a chair? Because in the cruise ship, the flying cruise ship, in well, the no space, one was on Earth because it was all trash. I know, but when it, the, do we? I don't. Do you remember any? I haven't, um, I haven't watched that movie. Neither have I. Sticks with you, though, Let's man. It's... Stop this real quick and watch the movie. <laughs> All right, we're back. We watched <laughs> Wally four times we, in a we row. Just did just to get this right. No, but I just, I just think it's interesting yeah. the future of technology. I talk a lot about obviously um, social media and stuff of that nature, but I, I just don't I don't fear technology as much as most people might. I am I'm afraid of what the government will do with it. That's as well. yeah. That's that's a good point. I, I I'm drones have gotten so good. Feels like ten years ago everybody was buying Air Hog RC helicopters yes, yes. that were I just those terrible, right? They're just they never worked. And now you can get a drone for I got I asked for I, I got a thirty dollar drone for Christmas. It's like a, a gift from a relative or whatever. And it just does just fine. It's tiny, it's great, but it's like it, you know, you go you spend two hundred dollars on one and you're get it's insane how good they've gotten. Maybe the government's had that stuff for I don't know, fifty years, whatever, <laughs> God knows how long, right? And just just imagine what they could do with it if they wanted to. Well, yeah, and that goes all the way back yeah. to the story on, like, where our machines, our automation, our AI, our is robots are influenced by who is writing their code. And so I guess that's, yeah, that that's it, isn't it? It's it's whoever holds the key. Whoever has the launch codes yes. is in... That's who I, w- I want to be, that guy who just creates evil robots. <laughs> and then you just, you just have <laughs> Take them. Take over the world. You just have them. You're like, hey, everybody. But could you imagine, like, going back to uh, Marvel and the Avengers, could you imagine like someone like Tony Stark having if he just got being mad a, being a right? villain? Yeah, yeah. No, I couldn't. That'd be insane. Let, like he could destroy the world. He really could. no one could stop him. And I mean, if you didn't have the other Avengers, in the well, the, the he doesn't need anybody else. Yeah, is the thing right? Like that's the real scary part is that he can just sit in his basement and hit that enter key 
and just drive all those cars off the road. Like, he can just send out a thousand drones. You know, the Mongols wouldn't have been able to take over Asia if they didn't have half of Asia trying to do it with them. You know what I mean? Like, they had one of the biggest armies ever. You, like, you don't really need boots on the ground anymore, is what's scary about technology. And that's going back to AI. AI is like this invisible threat. It's really hard for people to conceptualize what AI could look like and what it could be just because it's so open-ended. Any closing remarks on this story? The one thing I wanted to ask you about that we kind of mm-hmm. got away from is... Um and I think something that this article hits on well is just in general, we have these pre-existing biases um, when hiring a person for a specific job. Sure. Like, you know, construction, you're not going to, you're more likely to hire a man for a construction job than a woman. For a woman, you're more likely to hire a female caregiver than a male caregiver. Like, what do you think are our next steps? I mean, obviously, you don't need to know the answer. But what do you think yeah. are our next steps to kind of move away from these biases? I think just just knowledge. You just need to be more informed, right? Because like going back to the, the, yeah, going back to biases, right? A long time ago when there was you know medieval ages when you only knew people in town and people around you, that's where you got all of your information from. Now kids are getting information from everywhere and they're seeing positive and negative stories involving not just the, their local demographic. And so I think just time and information, the exposure to information. Is, and I also is, think is, it is helps, vital. yeah, exposure. I think it helps to have people like Hillary Clinton run for president and we won't get into this too much but it was like a good point to have her as a female running to show people in because people in like Russia people in China people in Africa Australia saw her as a woman doing this and I think it was awesome for women to see a female trying to be the most powerful person in the world I think that was a huge boost to the female image I, I would agree with that I definitely would and I think that yeah I think we're slow getting there you know we're slowly tackling every issue in the like it's we're not not nearly fixed but you know like we'll get there someday. yeah 60s was you know civil rights and now we look back on that and we're like how could we have been so stupid you know barack obama first black president hillary first uh female nominee or whatever it's just like we'll get there with time, but it's taken 2,000 years at least, right? It comes like a little bit slow, but uh, yeah, I don't know what to think of it. Uh, okay, here's what, I, here's, here, here's, here's what it is. Read more. Don't be biased. Try not to be biased. Check your sources. Don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. Check your sources. There you go. I would like to welcome musician, manager, and A-plus interviewer, <laughs> Sam Lipperski, <laughs> to today's episode of Water Cooler Talk. Every Friday at 4.30 p.m., you can catch his silky smooth voice hosting Radio K's Off the Record Ooh. or throughout the week managing the most talented bands throughout the Minnesota music scene. You can follow Sam's adventure on his Instagram at Walsh underscore underscore underscore. <laughs> uh, Sam, welcome once again to Water Cooler Talk. Thank you, Thank you Talk. very much. It looks much, much better on paper than it does. When you say underscore, well, underscore, just when, underscore, even when I type it, it's just like one long underscore mm-hmm. line. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just meant, yeah. But three underscores. Any reason for that? I think Walsh was taken, <laughs> and I didn't want to be like Walsh seventy four, yeah, X underscore X. Or you didn't whatever. want that like, old. Oh, whoops, you didn't want that old uh, the, first the, email, the Xbox email, gamer tag. No, I didn't. Not on. Not on that. No. So you are managing a few bands. Do you want to talk mm-hmm. about that at all? Give them any. 
throw them out there? Sure, yeah. Um, two wonderful bands that I'm working with right now are the Shackletons and the Clean Tramps, both local bands here in the Minneapolis music scene, um, both younger and up and coming. The Shackletons play great indie rock. Uh, they sound like Jeff Rosenstock, if you've ever heard of him. Definitely check them out. And if you're listening to this and are local, they play a ton of shows. So go check them out. I will be there. Come say hi. And then uh, the Clean Tramps are a much younger band. I think the oldest person in that band is 18. Interesting. That's very exciting for me to work with them because... Um, kind of get to mold them and see them change. It's so fun. It's like if I could go back as a freshman and have a pre-existing band that's already played shows at prominent places and at Hardy kind of has something going on but like now I'm in this new market of college what would I do right and now like being through all that I'd like to think that I have a better idea of what I do so yes that's where we're at right now it's very exciting we're signing them up for trying to plan a summer tour and then um, getting them ready for Battle of the Bands at the U of M this yeah, spring yeah, that'll, coming that'll up be soon. a big deal yeah awesome so we're, um, gonna, we're gonna win that we like have it. to win just that just gonna say you're gonna win it we're right gonna win it right now check yep. back and how many months is it away that that is done in uh, spring. It's right. May. Well, we'll have to we'll have May. to have you back on in the podcast May. after Battle of the Bands. See, we'll see what happens. See if you uh, pulled it up. If up. they don't win, I'm not coming on. <laughs> <laughs> Sam never is back on the podcast. They <laughs> lost. They lost Battle of the. They Bands. lost terribly. Uh, but I would say the thing that like kind of clicks between me and you is we're very like passionate people when we talk like about our craft and like I have reasons for doing what I do, but like I want to kind of I got <laughs> I mean like I want to like make yeah. a podcast because I want to have conversations with the world i want to make documentaries because i want to tell people's story kind of what are your reasons for doing things what's the why behind making music managing bands hosting your own shows all these things you do what's the fire that kind of lit under your ass what wakes you up in the morning pressure it's an internal i don't know it's a it's an internal um pressure to always be moving to always be doing something is what it is what it really do you think is. there's a reason behind that yes it's my mom i hate it let's get in some armchair <laughs> expert people oh often my say God. this sounds like armchair expert so let's get in no some. okay no, uh my mom um is wonderful uh it was a combination of the upbringing from my parents and where I grew up. So I grew up in a small town called Hamlake, middle of nowhere, nobody close by. Closest friend my age lived 10 miles away from me and he moved in when he when I was in 6th uh, or 7th grade. Like it was literally crafts, sitting at home, doing keeping busy on your own, right? You have a pretty decent sized family, right? I'm also five siblings. So yeah, it's really like, you know, if you're doing something, it's like go buy 10,000 popsicle sticks and make a castle or something like that but I always had a drum set no kidding which to this day I do not understand why my parents bought me a drum set uh, I would not buy my kid a drum set I don't recommend you buying your kid a drum set out of every literally every other instrument they would be quieter it would be probably cheaper and it would be easier to find a place for it but here we are I started playing when I was in third grade but that was always there I guess in the middle of nowhere I could play it like any time whatever it wasn't like I was gonna piss off the neighbors so uh, the reason I guess I do a reason that I do music is that I kind of looked back when I got into college and I was like, well, what have I been doing my entire life? What just makes sense? 
What right. just flows through me. Yeah, like, like what just what is just what is like what like you know what what have I been doing? Yeah, what have I been doing my entire life? And I was like, well, you know, I've been doing this drumming thing for a very long time. Maybe I should really take a serious whack at it. Yeah, and so I had I, I had done a couple. I had been in a couple jam bands in high school, but nothing serious because you know Ham like Blaine. It's not like we're gonna go play at First <laughs> Avenue or something like that. And that's why it's so crazy for me to work with Clean Tramps because I'm like, dude, Charlie is he just turned eighteen. It's like if I was in your position at 18 like i didn't know that college radio existed i had no idea what um inner city life looked like it was just this whole revelation and then the, the other half of that the drive is just my mom is just this insane human being she's a stay-at-home mom but she graduated top of her class at the u of m as a lawyer um in international studies in mandarin chinese so she was gonna be an international lawyer and then just gave it all up to sit and talk to me for my entire life and it's like oh my god why am i you know it's like why am i like this that 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 that's why i see it now as i don't know it's work gotta do the work you know what i mean one of my favorite references that i love to think about is uh david bowie did an interview in the 80s i don't remember he's done so much but at one point he was asked about why he writes and he was like oh i don't really like writing anymore i have to to stay alive and, and it was very much like a, if he doesn't he's gonna explode and that's kind of like what it is i guess i just need to be doing things a lot of yeah i can i can see that because if like i couldn't tell stories i don't know what i would do with my. yeah it would just be boring like like some people can just play video games and show up to their nine to five and watch youtube videos and get pizza on tuesday nights or whatever and that's their routine but for me i'm like every like i love working with projects because there's a start and an end date because then you get to start something new so so i'm always at different positions in my pro in my in projects and it just advances just makes life so much more interesting it gives you bullet points to like look back on so you can be like oh this time last year i was finishing one half or whatever you know right now in like three months i'll be done with this and then what's next? For me, it's very, very much about what's next. So no, I think that's a very interesting way of looking at it in a very... Yeah. I think I think a lot of people in a similar situation are kind of in that same yeah. uh, mindset that you may be in, I yeah. would say. Which is just like, you just got to go, go, go. Yeah. Right. I think we've spoken with this about this before. Right now in the creative landscape, it's extremely difficult to make it off of one project. You have to be diluting your skills over a vast um, web of things right so like if you're a graphic designer you have to like if you're a graphic designer and you're only making websites that's amazing do that that's awesome but like the majority of people are making websites and they're doing album art and they're doing some ad like advertisements or whatever and i don't know they're doing seven different things at the same time all for their one formulated income and that's i'm uh a young not quite starving but if you want to donate any money uh hit me up uh artists and i that's where i'm at right now so i think just a lot of artists in general are like I have a friend who I meet like every six months we get together and just have lunch or dinner or something and, and sure. every time we talk and I like I'm talking to her and telling her like what I'm doing with my life it's always something different mm-hmm. it's just because it's like I have to be doing something different yeah. I can't like one of the biggest things why I decided to leave college I decided to travel to Africa is the nine to five scares the fuck out of me like scares that me life shit, scares me too scares death. the hell so I've scares the hell out of me so I have I have a year left and I'm a super 
super senior right now, technically, just because tra- I transferred switch majors. When I was a, when I got to college, I was going to be a mechanical engineer, and I was like, whoa, 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 that is not happening. There are way more fun things that I can be doing here than that, and so advertising now. But um, I have yeah, I have like seven months left. And then I'm, and then I'm, <laughs> then on, you're free. And then I'm, no, that I'm in that nine to five. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Cause like right now, it's just like this flux, like period where I'm like working at Radio K and doing this managing thing and got all this, these projects going on. Second, those student loans kick in, man. I don't know. <laughs> it's gonna, I, I've, yeah, I've, I've been, I've been, I've been working with student loans for five years now. And it does, I mean, yeah. you can, you can listen to my student loan podcast where I just rip into student loans, <laughs> but it, it does hinder me a bit. It's like I can't be as creative if I want to travel more I want to do yeah. I want to travel more to tell more stories I just don't want to travel more because I'm a millennial speaking uh-huh. of millennials we'll get to our next story here soon mm-hmm. but I want to travel more because I the biggest thing for me and the reason I hated college I didn't hate college but the reason I didn't like college is because the information you're receiving was so straight line yes. there's no it was just a branch and I want I want the whole freaking tree when it comes to education I want branches going here here sure. here here a renaissance approach exactly I want to I want to know there's so much to learn in the world and I want to learn as much as I can but I want to learn it from the people who have experienced that like I don't want to hear about South American history I want to experience it from people who have lived their lives there the whole their like whole lives in that area so yeah that's just something for me it's like you know with that friend I'm always telling her I'm doing something different because I am I just need to do something different Mm -hmm. I need to have my hands in as many things as possible because I want to experience everything the question is that how long for, for me I start to see creative very creative friends who have settled down for that nine to five and it's like my my question for myself is like how long can I last before you burn out or before you have to settle either or I think you know what I mean so it's like how long can I do this and you know if I do my job right then I'll be doing what I'm doing now forever people that show up to creative parties when they're 50 are like real actors and actresses people like real real people with careers people have made it in that industry now it's just like party college party friends you know it's like yeah i'm in the theater program we'll see how that goes yeah i'm in the music program yeah i'm doing interviews at radio okay we'll see how that goes you know everybody's invited to those parties now but when it when it really comes time to like when that's that seven month clock is ticking for me i guess it puts a lot more pressure on you terrifying yes it's terrifying i had a recent discussion a strategy thing a meeting and i was just like going over how i could make the management the band management thing feasible how can i in my wildest dreams make this possible because if i can then i'm gonna go for it but right now it's part-time (laughs) <laughs> Hopefully it'll full time in the future. It'd be wonderful. I, I, li- I was listening to Armchair Expert and Matthew Lillard was on the voice of Shaggy and he played <laughs> okay. Shaggy and, and without a paddle. And he had this, he teaches this one thing about artists. That was a good analogy and hopefully I can remember all of it. Making it in the industry is like the Sahara Desert. All of these artists are animals and they're trying to cross the desert. Mm-hmm. And along the way... There'll be people who need to take a drink and they'll be lost or they'll die off. Or he used the example of people who who people go to L.A. They're like, I'm going to go to L.A. to be an actor, but then I'm also going to be a waitress. And then five years later, you're the manager at the restaurant. Mm -hmm. You're a manager who does some acting on the side. Or before you're like an actor who does some waitressing on the side. So you die off in the desert. And he said the good thing is like you have to stay together with creatives. You have to surround yourself with creatives who are 
willing to do whatever they have to do to make it. Because when you get across that desert, you're yeah. there with a bunch of people who have helped you survive, who have yeah. helped you continue on. Yeah, even if that means killing some of the other creatives. Right? <laughs> well, no, I, no, 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 that, that's that's true because there are going to be people along the way that think they want to do it, but you're going to be noticed like you're a negative add-on to what I'm trying sure. to do. Like I've, oh. exper- I've experienced this where it's yeah. like I'm working with someone and I know they're not invested as, as much as I am. Yes. And I know continuing to try and forge forward with them is not the smartest idea. No. And I hate when that happens because I always feel- It sucks. It, it's yeah, heartbreaking. It's, it's terrible. Yeah. It, I, I always feel like I catch that too late in it where I'm like, oh shit, well that was a waste of time or whatever. And it also sucks just because it's, it's what we're doing right now is all, at least what I, I, I love to do every, like as much as I can just to help without any like intention of making it. You know what I mean? So like when you, when you start something like that, when you're like, I don't know, do the, this podcast for the first episode, we'll see how it happens. Right. And then the, you get one guest and they're like, not in it or whatever. It's like, okay, well, I don't know. Maybe this wasn't worth it in the end, but that's why going back to, you gotta just try a million different things. Right. So you have to have a million different friends, just spread yourself. Throw as wide. much as at the wall as you can and hope something sticks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. All right. Well, Sam, are you ready to talk about <laughs> some cheese? Yes, please. We'll get into some stories. This is a news comedy news podcast in case people are wondering, but sometimes you got to have those good discussions. All right. Millennials kill again. The latest victim, American cheese. This is from Bloomberg. Oh God. To cater to the fancy cheese loving millennials, fast food restaurants are getting rid of their classic processed American cheese in favor of a selection of artisanal cheeses. American cheese full of delicious preservatives, chemicals, and coloring has been a staple across U.S. kitchens for decades, touted as the basis for mac and cheese and I'm blanking on Not nachos. Nachos and I'm blanking on the thing between the bread. We grilled put, cheese? Grilled cheese. Why could I not <laughs> think of that? Pigs That's in a blanket? That's a weird thing. But now has been banished, American cheese being banished, because somebody finally said what everyone should have been saying a long time ago. American cheese is just a weird solidified slime that kind of tastes good, but actually isn't even really cheese. Yeah. Uh, this is what Bloomberg reported. You have sales of processed cheese, including brands like Kraft Singles and Velveeta, a mainstay of delicacies such as ballpark nachos, are projected mm-hmm. to drop 1.6% this year, the fourth straight year of declines. From 2000 oh, to wow. 2017, there has been a 40% increase in cheese factories, oh but God. not oh. processed cheese factories, specialty cheese factories. We gotta get in that business, man. Gotta get into that business. At this rate, the cheese that was first invented in 1960 by the Kraft Brothers, sold in tins to the U.S. military during World War One, perfectly sliced in 1950, individually wrapped in 1965, and the cheese that many Americans grew up with may not survive the next 30 years. Sam, oh my gosh, is the death of the American cheese slice a needed death? I don't think so. I think it can stay. I think there's enough room on the cheese plate. You for, think so? I think so. For not even real cheese. I mean, yes. Not even real cheese. I, yeah, I mean, yeah. Is it cheese? Isn't it cheese? What is cheese? You well, that's know? like saying you like, don't like hot dogs because a hot dog isn't actually a hot dog. Sure. Isn't yeah. actually a sausage. Kind yeah. Of. I don't know. I think it has its place. I think the, you know, uh, th- this argument is dramatic and sensationalized. <laughs> I love it. I'd love to know who said that first. But so four straight years at a 1.6% yeah, drop. Yeah, it's been in decline that, for sales. So it's so the fifth year, which, which actually 
actually is substantial. I feel yeah, like not I, a good it, business. It, yeah, it thing. made me happy that they actually backed that up with like some statistical this wasn't, analysis. The original, the original um, article I sent you was from Maxim. Oh yeah, and they they linked off from the Bloomberg article. So I was like, oh, I'm going to bl- source the Bloomberg. Nice. It's the okay. same information. It's just Maxim added their little twist to it. Okay. Okay. But yeah, I like the Bloomberg one because it was a little yeah. more factual. I wonder if in 50 years from now in the post-apocalyptic cheese future, uh, <laughs> if American cheese will be sold as a delicacy in like France or overseas or whatever, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, American cheese. America is destroyed because of their robots. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Elon cheese. Musk let them loose in 2030, right? <laughs> the thing I have to say is, I mean, you hear these stories all the time. Millennials are killing this, that, mm-hmm. and whatever. And <laughs> I've talked about this before. I think it's just a stupid thing in general. But I'll say this. Cultures change. People evolve to adapt to their surroundings. Mm -hmm. People are evolving to adapt to their cheese surroundings. I know that sounds ridiculous, but it's the truth. It's like, especially the prime generation, the people that are the healthiest in the prime of their lives, they want to live longer. They want to be healthier. People are more educated about what they're eating. So they're like, all right, this cheese is processed. I can eat this. It tastes good. Or I could eat this like really artisanal cheese that makes this sandwich burger tastes much better and is mm-hmm. also much healthier for me. I didn't think about that. I mean, education is pro- probably does have a huge impact on that. And I'm surprised that they grouped Velveeta into that because in my... I think it's also processed cheese. No, it is. Def- it's, that's, yeah, tomato, tomato, man. But like I, th- but I, Velveeta tries to frame themselves, I feel like, as, as a like, real like, cheese. Like, like we're better than yeah, American yeah, cheese. Yeah. Velveeta is the rich man's Velve- uh, American cheese. <laughs> that's right? very true. That's slow. So sad, Velveeta. (laughs) When was the last time you had American cheese? I buy American cheese every time I go to the grocery store. Really? Because it's cheaper. Okay. That's the reason I buy it. And I think also because I grew up with American cheese. Mm -hmm. It's been a staple of my childhood. I think that's another thing is the world, like in the olden days, like a hundred person society was like the perfect society. You had everyone you needed. You didn't have anyone who was like competing with each other. And growing up, it's like we didn't have social media. We didn't have this grand internet. I think internet was invited in 91, but we didn't have the internet we have today when I was growing up in the late 90s. So... I just went off of what my parents told me. And my mm-hmm. parents, we had American cheese. We were a middle-class family, so mm-hmm. we had American cheese. And it wasn't until, like, social media and the blast of the internet that I realized there was more cheese out there. But I was like, <laughs> uh, you know, it's been so ingrained into me that yeah. I eat American cheese on sandwiches, like lunch, like lunch sandwiches. And yeah. But when I have the chance to have a better cheese, when I can afford a burger with a nice cheese on it, I'm going for that burger. I just think most people don't realize that culture changes changes everybody yeah. we're gonna well, get the same way when we're older we're gonna well be like, that's what i, I like know. what i like i want to know if i feel like the you know we talked about buzzwords millennials killing something in industry is a buzz phrase for me at least i hear that and i like immediately i'm like whatever does it like deal with it it's not that big of a deal because cultures change right i, I guess i want to know if in the 80s were, like were they like the gen whatever is killing off all of our i guarantee they probably were but like when you think about music we can go to something you're comfortable with sure look at music look at all oh people yeah hated people, each generation people of music hated rock and roll when it exactly came out. Well, they're same killing, thing with they're, cheese they're killing music the the, the youth it's all the youth 
youth's fault. It's man. all the youth's fault. I think it. It's funny. It's not the. It is the youth's fault, but it's the business fault. Like oh, American cheese. They are just going on their laurels that they have mm-hmm. American cheese. We've been a staple in America for since World War One. People are going to buy our shit. How do, how do you? But now that people aren't buying their shit, they're like, oh, we have to blame someone because we're not going to blame ourselves for not being good for not being a good business. So let's well, blame the newest generation. You think the like the American? Well, this isn't the American cheese people aren't. Are, this isn't their attack ad. You know what I mean? This is, well, maybe it is though, because maybe they lobby. They maybe they, they, maybe they pay for. You're saying uh, the American cheese people are putting out. Hit against against, the millennials. Yes, uh, yeah, I think so. Like that's that's definitely happening. But like, (laughs) but so I wonder if uh, a CEO or higher up at an American cheese company likes this piece of journalism or doesn't? Because no press is bad press, but at the same point, this is this is this is is like we hate you, millennials. I think this is a very very good piece for American cheese because people are going to see that and be like, "Wow, I grew up eating American cheese. I love Velveeta. I love those." Yeah. You know what? Ever since I... I do feel like I've got a need for some cheese right now. Well, I have some cheese right now. (laughs) Just kidding. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, I I feel like people will read this and be like, what? People are hating on American cheese? I'm going to go out and buy cheese. So this is what's going to happen. Sure. Cheese, that decline is going to stop for a year, maybe two, and it's going to keep declining. Yeah, like the people are, we can't let the cheese industry die. We can't let those those damn millennials ruin anything else, right? (laughs) I want to ask you this for the final question. If you were making the perfect sandwich oh what would be your perfect cheese selection what would be your recommended cheese Ooh, okay i really really enjoy a spicy pepper jack but there are cheese people out there that do not consider pepper jack a real cheese and that's because pepper jack has non-cheese elements in it like peppers Pepper and corn spices and, yeah, spices and whatever yeah. so i'm gonna say a really really nice gruyere cheese Ooh, okay. they it melts wonderfully it's great really nice mellow flavor smoky on it yeah love that, love, I, love I, that. mine would be pepper Pepper Jack as well. And yep. if people don't think it's a real cheese, they can go F themselves. They can go fuck themselves. <laughs> they can go, screw off, people. Pepper Jack it's is just, the name of the game. It's just Johnny Depp. In, in <laughs> That's your, the reason. Johnny your, Depp is inbox. freaking... <laughs> God damn, Johnny freaking <laughs> Depp. But yeah, it's just I just think it's interesting how if a business starts to do bad that had a nostalgic feeling or do used yeah. to do well in the past, besides Applebee's, Applebee's go fuck yourself. That's fair. That it's the millennials doing it. And it's just, it's always funny to read. It's and always funny to read. I would, I would, yeah. So as an advertising major, I'd be very, very interested in actually taking a bigger look at their demographic shifts because you can break it down into more, like the 1.6% is just what we're seeing on face value uh, via stock, stocks, right? Yes. It, it, you can go on Simmons or some analytical website and type in where people are buying that cheese, what their average age range is, you know, so then we could really get down to the root of why they're failing. All right, well, let's take a real break, watch Wally again, and then also check out that site. <laughs> Great. All right, we're back from watching Wally for the sixth Woo! time. Really just making that Ooh. movie work. All right, well, I want to thank you, Sam, for coming on the show again after the first time was yes. a bit of a. The reason I wanted you on again is because our first conversation was so fucking good. It was another example. This was an awesome episode. The, like the conversation just flowed well. It just, mm-hmm. I think people are going to enjoy the shit out of this. The reason I started Except picking. Johnny Depp. <laughs> Except Johnny Depp. <laughs> F him, dude. Fuck that guy. But the reason I started picking up guests, because I had to pick you up today to come mm-hmm. back to the studio, is because of how bad that episode went. I was like, I freaking ruined an amazing episode mm. because we had to go remote. We had to try to figure it 
out. So now it's like, if I think the conversation is worth it, I'll come and pick you up. So if you're a guest on my podcast and I don't pick you up, I don't think the conversation's <laughs> worth it. No, no, no. But no, I very much appreciate you coming back on. Thank and, you. Um, do you do you want to talk? You're doing an interview show. Do you want to talk about that at all? Yeah, I yeah I guess so. I right now I currently work at Radio K, which is the University of Minnesota's radio station. Very very fortunate to get to work there. Uh, we have one of the biggest, if not the biggest, paid staff for a college radio station in America. Um, I think we employ like thirty five to forty people. That's impressive so, for a college radio. It's cra- it's absolutely crazy. So I work in the in the music studio and I. Um, um, I interview bands, local bands that come in, and some touring bands when we get them. But I interview one local band every week, and it's very, very interesting to see their perspective, where they're coming from. Because at, because in a media market like Minnesota, it's big enough where there's you'll never get tired of it, but it's small enough where if you start paying attention, you can put together the pieces. With that being said, if you want to tune in, you can go to radiok.org and listen there, or my interviews are on iTunes as well under Behind the Scenes, and you can just search for Radio K as well and that's at 4.30 if you want to catch me live 4.30 Central every time. Friday every Friday Central every time Friday. 4.30 if we're not on at 4.30 then I'm doing my job wrong like, <laughs> then we're in some hot water because they are live they are live interviews so oh interesting yeah, do you uh, do you feel that there's like a different feeling to like a like this is a taped podcast mm-hmm. do you feel like there's a different feeling to a live thing compared to a taped deal for me po- I mean obviously like my, I'm the final biased. project is I'm, a lot more edited for like a yeah. tape I, I mean I've done it I've done it so many times now that there is not a difference but for a lot of people there are there is for a lot of people um, you're just comfortable in the space yes and what you're doing right now you're monitoring and you're listening to both of us talk I believe that is an insane skill to have people are, hate the sound of their voice absolutely hate it and, I, uh, when I first started it, this it podcast took me I so, hated it my took voice. me so long so I've been doing these interviews for about two and a half years now I just hit 120 of I've done through their episodes, so, yeah, awesome. whatever. That's so, really so, cool. so, but it's we it's so easy because they just stack. You know, every Friday mm-hmm. we got to do one. So I, I'm comfortable in either situation, but I do think that people would appreciate a non-live setting more than a live one, just because they know that if they slip up or say something off the record, then there's the possibility to go back and change it. Versus, well, yeah, yeah, that's what I like about this because I mean, I mess mm-hmm. up 20 times throughout an episode. I say the wrong thing. I pronounce sure. something wrong, and it's so nice to be able to go back and edit it to make it yeah. sound like I'm a freaking golden god when I'm speaking. Yeah, that's why I guess for me, I mean, as an interviewer, my number one priority is to make the other person comfortable. Exactly. In the room. The number two priority is to make sure that you don't say something that you wish you wouldn't. And so if I'm ever like, uh, 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 that's way better for me in the long run than spitting, s- than the spitting first something thing that's out. on your mind. And then it Pulling turns out. The, exactly. Then it turns out, I, it's like, you know, six months later, oh, shouldn't have said that. Going to sleep at night. Oh, well, that interview was terrible. It's like, you know, so. And that's what I say with this podcast is like, uh-huh. I always say this podcast, the latest podcast episode is the most honest version of me. But that's also because I'm editing it. I'm tailoring it sure. to say the message I want to say. And then it's also, yeah, going back to I want to make the guest sound as good as possible mm-hmm. because my whole show was based around having a guest. So if a guest sounds horrible, no one's going to want to be on the show. 
schedule. I guess for me, I don't. That's not a priority because it's just like they they get booked no matter what, mm-hmm. you know. So, but that that <laughs> no, is don't it. worry about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm always but, like, oh, please, please, please have the guests say on. something inspirational. That's funny. <laughs> well, I hope I did it justice today. So. Hopefully, hopefully, we'll we'll have to uh, decide. <laughs> uh, anyways, guys, thank you for listening to Water Cooler Talk, the only such podcast on the internet, hosted by myself and guest hosted today by Sam, where we take the strangest and most interesting real life news stories from around the world and just try to have a good old conversation about some of the ideas discussed in those bizarre news stories. And you can listen to the show on Spotify, Google Podcasts, coming to iTunes soon, SoundCloud, YouTube, and also through our podcast network on Podbean. Or you can find your favorite way to listen on our website at newwestmedia.co slash watercoolertalkpod. And I just want to make this, uh, just mention this little technical difficulty we're having with Spotify at the moment. Water Cooler Talk is under a new Spotify link. So if you follow us on Spotify and we're wondering why there hasn't been a new episode recently, it's because we refreshed our RSS feed and had to set up a new Spotify page. So if you search for Water Cooler Talk on Spotify, two options will come up. Follow the option that has the most update, most updated episode, which would be this episode with Sam. Uh, you know, we're currently working with Podbean and Spotify to clear everything up. So hopefully in the future, there will only be one page. Everyone will be able to get transferred over. But I just wanted to mention that real quick because I know it's it myself and I know it can kind of be confusing in the social media world. Anyways, once again, if you'd like to reach out to the show with either a strange local news story or share some of your own comments, you can do so at watercoolertalkpod at gmail.com. And for the week following, we always have our Twitter mentions. And for the week following this episode being posted, if you decide to tweet us at Water Cooler Talk, talk spelled T-L-K, with a picture of your pet, I will attempt to draw a handcrafted picture of them to the best of my drawing Ooh. abilities. Yeah, it gets people to tweet yeah. at me. Send can me you, your pet. Can you draw? Kind of. Kind of. So it'll be interesting. <laughs> yeah, like it won't that. be the best drawings, no, but it'll, I, be, I, it'll, I, be, it'll be an interesting one. A uh, little drawing there. So you can tweet us at Water Cooler Talk, talk spell T L K. So, Sam, as you know, the guests close out the show with however oh, they may want to close goodness, out the show. Oh, my goodness. That's right. So, Sam, the floor is yours. I think we need more positivity in this world. So I've been reading so much. I feel like I'm just getting tired out uh, and reading news. And this was a wonderful little break in terms of the serious stuff that's well, going you. on right now. So, if you're out there listening, be kind to each other. And that's that's all I have to say. And uh, check your sources. Check your sources. Please, for the love of God, check your sources. That's it. That's, that's all I got. Very true. We're vote voting's coming up, so definitely yeah. the best time to be checking your sources. Definitely, definitely. All right, guys, we'll be back next Thursday with another new episode. And until then, I guess peace. This is the story of a podcast that takes weird news from across the world. And while many of these stories may seem fake, they're absolutely not because they're real. <laughs>